Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Shane. <laughs> Hi, Sonia. Folks, just very quickly, a few little important details that I need to cover off. If you're online, a special welcome. I'm not actually sure if our cameras are working this morning, so if you can't see me, it's probably for your good anyway. No problems there. Uh, And the other is, I don't know if you've ever been to a place where you've been speaking to 300-odd people and you find yourself bending over and uh, you hear the glorious sound of pants ripping. Well... (laughs) It, um, yes, that happened to happen this morning, and that's why I'm currently wearing shorts. Thank goodness I actually carry a few spare pairs of pants. Anyway, I figured that if I was wearing those pants, there wouldn't be too much goodness on stage this morning. So I figured that shorts would have to suffice. Now, on that note, let us pray. (laughs) Jesus... We come before you this morning and we are so thankful. We are so thankful for what you've done in our lives. Lord, I look look at what you're doing, even through the tough times, through the good times. Lord, I just see that the life that you want for us is just out of this world. And this morning, as, as I speak, Father, I want to ask that it would not be my words that would come out. Oh, Lord, Father, that you would use my mouth. Lord, would you use my mouth that the words that are spoken this morning are your words. That we would be encouraged and that each one of us, no matter where we are in our faith this morning, that we would be drawn a step closer towards you this day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. Just excuse me. I'm, now, I'm not actually going to go to the toilet and leave my uh, microphone on, so you don't need to worry about anything like that. However, I used to teach music at a place called Claremont College. And when I would teach, I would go and I would knock on the teacher's door And I would go into the uh, room and I would say, Mrs. Claremont, can I please have Billy? It's time for Billy's guitar lesson. And she would say, yep, no worries, Billy. (gasps) Hi. (laughs) I've I've got my guitar lesson. (laughs) Hi, Mr. Shane. Hi, Billy. Fantastic to see you. What have you been doing in class today? We've, we've been doing maths. Did you know that a triangle has three points? Really? That's fantastic, Billy. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you know that my dad, he scratches his bum when he goes to the toilet? Okay, Billy, how about we spend some time working on the guitar? 
Yeah, actually, I was looking on YouTube this week and I saw that there was a really cool guitarist. Can we watch some YouTube videos today? No, Billy, how about we, uh, how about we get into the guitar? What are you working on this week? Okay. Uh, I'm, I think I'm working on Mary. Mary had a little lamb. Uh, and I'm just going to come out of character for a second. Jimmy, I think I need your microphone. Would you come and hold your microphone so that this wonderful audience can hear Billy playing Mary had a little lamb? Yes, folks, this was genuinely teaching guitar at Claremont College. Then a few weeks later, Billy was improving. He was doing a good job. It was fantastic. Then a few years later, This is actually one of the $60 guitars which I typically got for one of my kids. It's a fantastic little guitar. I bet that no one here thought that they were going to be listening to Nirvana this morning when they came to church. And then a few years later, get there, give it a few years, took some time, but he got there. Now, Billy was probably actually one of my best students. I didn't have too many that I started teaching Metallica, but the, the, the reason that I talk about this is that Christ-likeness is in some ways very similar. See, if we actually go and check out the dictionary on Bible Gateway, it says this about Christ-likeness. It says, Christ-likeness is the process by which believers are conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. The process by which believers are conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. In the same way that Billy took the teachings of his grandmaster guitar teacher and put them into practice, so we are to take the teachings and example of Jesus to have our heart and our mind renewed so that we too would become more like Christ. This is the process of Christ-likeness. Let's check it out. Philippians 2 verses 5 and following. It says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus, as Christ Jesus. In essence, Paul is encouraging us 
to make sure that we have our mind renewed to become more Christ-like, to have the same thoughts to, to, uh, that our mind would actually naturally work to think like Christ. So what does that look like? Well, we continue in this passage. It says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Uh, the little clicker thing isn't working, Campbell. I think I might... Oh, it is. Okay. Fantastic. Rather... He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's mind-blowing. That a person who is God would consider himself completely fine with being humbled to the lowest of the low. Death on a cross, the most, uh, most torturous type of death that was available at the time in the Roman Empire, death on a cross was actually reserved for those who were considered the least of the least. And here we have someone who is God saying, I'm willing to be the least of the least. Amazing. It was the middle of the day. It's pretty warm. Me and my friends, we'd been walking all morning. The teacher is wanting to get to Galilee. But he decided to take a particularly peculiar path this morning. See, typically when we go to Galilee, we'd, uh, we'd skirt around Samaria. Samaria, they're, um, I, I want to say it in the nicest way possible, but they're, they're half-breeds. They're, they're, they're just not Jews. They're not like us. So here we are. We're actually, we've taken this shortcut we're in the middle of Samaria. Yes, don't get me wrong. I argued with my teacher. I told him that this was not the right thing to do. But he told me to be quiet and to continue on. So here we are. We're at this well in the middle of Samaria. And Jesus has told me and my mates to go and get some food from the local village. Folks, I've got to tell you, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that I was going to have to interact with these people if we came through this way. I'm not really happy about this. So anyway, he's our teacher. So we went into town. We got some food. And when we came back, we saw Jesus sitting on the edge of the well talking to a Samaritan woman. Now, Jesus has done some pretty crazy things through my life. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around it, to be honest. I want you to understand that I'm, I'm a Jew. I'm a good Jew. See, 
I was raised in a good family. My dad, my father, he was good. And my mother, I loved my mother. She was wonderful. She was a good Jewish woman. She stayed quiet. She made sure that every night that her men were looked after. That was her role. That's what she's supposed to do. It's, it's, she's a good Jew. And yet then Jesus would find himself teaching myself and the other disciples and he'd invite my sisters to come and sit with us, right next to us. Jesus treated women completely differently to what I've ever seen before. That was pretty hard to start off with. And now here we are at this well And not only is he speaking to a woman, but a Samaritan woman, one of those half-breeds, one of those, well, my Jewish brothers would know what I mean when I just say she's a Samaritan. I didn't say too much at that point. I mean, really, he's the teacher, I'm the student, there's not much that I can say. conversation between them continued and next thing we find out that this woman has been married and understand I use the term very loosely because really she wasn't really married but she'd had five partners so not only is Jesus talking to a woman who is a Samaritan but she's also an adulterer This is starting to get really difficult for my good Jewish self to understand. And what probably makes this most difficult is that this Jesus, this teacher, I actually really believe in him. I actually think that when he says that he is God, he's not one of those crackpots. I think that he actually really knows what he's talking about. I actually really do believe that he is the prophet. I believe he is the Messiah, the Messiah. I believe he's the son of David. I believe he's the one who the prophets foretold about. And here I am. I've got this privilege of being one of his students, but it is just really hard. Because this guy who is the king of kings, the lord of lords, the most high, the greatest of them all, the highest of the high, chooses to interact with the lowest of the low. Jesus Jesus chose Jesus being in very nature God did not take his freedom as God to mean that he would do absolutely whatever he wanted. Instead, he used his freedom for the goodness of absolutely everyone. We see it time and time again throughout the Bible. It doesn't matter whether it's the story of the woman of the well 
There are so many stories where Jesus interacted with people who, in every way, see, you've got to understand, and I'm not condoning this. This is not how life should be. And this is certainly not how Jesus interacts with us now. But Jesus was born into a society where there were definite levels of who was allowed to do what and when. So for someone who was of great importance, you would expect him to spend time with the most important. But we constantly find Jesus spending time with sinners, with people that the, that the Bible describes as the least of these. He spends time with children, and even when his disciples actually spend time trying to shoo them away because... They're at the bottom of the chain. That's the way that that society worked. Jesus says, no, bring them to me. I don't care if they're considered the least. They are incredibly important to me. Jesus was the highest of the high, and yet he did not consider that an important thing to stay there. Being very in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Instead, he found himself with the lowest of the low. It's a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture in a time when, when uh, equality is something that is spoken about just about everywhere. Can I say that I want to suggest that Jesus is actually at the forefront of that? He is all about equality. He doesn't think that there's a highest of a high and the lowest of the low. He wants for all of us to know that we are children of God, that we are loved, that we have a purpose, that we are beautiful, that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. We are perfect in his eyes. My question from here is then, how do we become more like Christ? How do we become more Christ-like? I've said that Christ-likeness is a process. Does it happen automatically? Do we just go to bed one night and wake up just like Christ? Do we say, Jesus, I want you to be my king, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm this person who floats on air and has a halo around his head? Well, no. From personal experience, after probably close to 30 years of having been a Christian, I can tell you there are still days when I'm definitely not very Christ-like. It is a process, and it happens over time. There are a bunch of things that we can do towards becoming more Christ-like, and I want to suggest that these things are really good. Regular Bible reading, prayer, coming to church on a regular basis. All of these things are super helpful. But more importantly, I want to suggest it boils down to one simple, honest heart statement. God... Would you please mould me? Shape me. Please help me to become more like you. I 
submit to you. We need to submit to our God. See, the example that Jesus gave to us is that he was the highest of the high and yet he was willing to be the lowest of the low. And here we are, we have the opportunity and, uh, and the right, if we choose to be followers of the king, followers of Jesus, the Bible actually describes us as, as hares. We are royal heirs. We have this treasure right here within our grasp. But in this place, we are encouraged to simply submit to God. To take the example of Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus, I don't know it all. The reality is that I just need to submit to you. There are times when I've read the Bible, when I've prayed, when I've made sure I'm in church every week and it doesn't make an ounce of difference. But you know what? It's because I didn't have a heart that was saying that I would submit to him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm not even saying um, be okay with it if, if it doesn't happen because actually they're really great things. Tell you what, I wouldn't get through a day if I didn't have my quiet time now that I'm used to having it. It is so important to me. But it has to come with submission to God. God will shape us through everything that comes our way if we submit to him. I came across this story on the internet and it was fascinating to me. I love cars. I actually really enjoy cars. And this is a little Mercedes CLK 180. It's a beautiful little car. Typically, it's a little coupe. But as you can see, this car is not in very good shape. This photo is actually of a man in Lithuania. Now, the story online actually doesn't even give his name. Simply, this man from Lithuania took a Mercedes CLK and decided to put some massively giant wheels on it. But you can see this, this wheel in the centre. Um, does this have a laser on it? Ah, there we go. This, this wheel is actually the original wheel for this. And you can see that he's put some ginormous, ridiculously big wheels on this car to start off with. Anyway, it goes through a bit of a process. This man from Lithuania takes this Mercedes CLK. He puts another big grill on it. To be honest, I didn't actually like the grill. Uh, you can choose whether you like it or not. Here's the back. If you know cars, you'll be able to recognise the Mercedes uh, rear tail lights there, and um, takes this old rust bucket and he started working on it little by little. Now, the fascinating thing about this story is that he decided to use nothing but cardboard and expanding foam to recreate this car. But here we are, expanding foam everywhere, cardboard, 
starting to shape, scraping a whole bunch of that uh, foam off, starting to really define the vehicle. Ah, we've already seen that one. Continuing, you can start to see that the vehicle's taking shape, can't you? The back is actually starting to take shape, still no paint on it, but this is the end result. Took years for this man to complete this project. What an amazing picture. Christ-likeness is simply the process of allowing God to work in our lives so that we can become more like him. The creator took an old rusted car. And can I suggest that when we decide to give our lives to Christ, in my experience, we're a bit like that old rusted vehicle with the big wheels. Something has happened. Something has changed. We are heirs to the throne. We are royalty, as the Bible describes it. We are children of God. Something has changed, but so much of us hasn't. We're still that rust bucket with big wheels. But as we allow God, as we submit to him, he starts to work on us and work on us and add and subtract. And we find him making us more like himself. Wouldn't it be great if we took Christ into our hearts as our king and the next day we were this incredible vehicle? But that's not the picture that we see throughout the Bible. It is ironic that the picture the Bible paints is exactly the same as this vehicle, an absolute bomb. But by the end, it's something which is quite amazing. Now, the funny thing is that in my personal walk, I've found myself often focusing not on what I'm becoming or not on what God is adding into my life, but the what he is subtracting. I don't know if you can relate to me on that. I, th- I found this picture in particular so fascinating because there he is scraping all that plastic back off. He'd put it all on there to try to reshape it And there he is with the the dross all over him because he is creating something that's a masterpiece. Now, if he didn't, what would it be? It would be this silly car with cardboard and bubbles of plastic all over it. But it required the maker to scrape a whole bunch of stuff off. Christ-likeness tells us that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. Christ-likeness tells us that that Jesus wants us to be the most amazing person that we could possibly be. I don't know if you've ever 
ever heard a message. Um, I've, I'm probably talking about when I was quite young, but I remember sitting in messages where I would come out feeling really heavy, like I'd done everything wrong and I just wasn't good enough and why would I actually want to be a Christian? Because just week in, week out, I find myself going, gee, this is, this is just hard work. But I don't actually believe that that's what God wants for us. I actually believe that the process of becoming more like Christ, now I'm not saying it's always easy, because there have been plenty of times where God has allowed me to go through some pretty difficult stuff, and I tell you, it's not fun. Talk to anyone in this room and you will find out exactly the same thing. Life throws difficult things our way. But what God is doing is something magnificent. I don't hope that you would leave feeling heavy and feeling like the, the process of becoming Christ-like is something which is difficult. I don't want us to leave this morning feeling like this is all or something that we should get worried about. Instead, what I hope that we would leave this place saying to ourselves is, is the understand that God wants something amazing for us, that he is making us into something that is wonderful, fearfully made. Such a beautiful picture, fearfully made, a person who has actually spent time and thought carefully about what they're doing to shape. They've put fear into it because they want to make sure that they're doing it right. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. The process of becoming Christ-like is that we become the best of ourselves very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Fascinating verse. But Jesus says, folks, you are capable of so much. Become more Christ-like. Become more like me because I want amazing things to happen in your life. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. Goodness for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. There is not a single thing in our lives that God cannot use to shape us and mould us. Yes, there are some difficult times when, tell you what, I'm the first one to admit there have been some times in my life where I've gone nuts at God because of the things that he's let happen in my life. But I get through the other end and I start going, wow, God, the person I was there was just a rude little immature so-and-so. And the person that you've made me today is so much more. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to go through that situation again, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you that it's in my past. He is working all things for good, for everything created by God is good. You know, when I came across this verse, I specifically wanted to put it in because I felt like God was saying there are people here this morning, maybe online, who just don't feel like they're even worthwhile. 
Why would God even spend the time working on me? I'm not even that rusted car. I'm a little matchbox car. Why would I be worth that time? No, the Bible says very specifically that everything God has created, and that includes every person who is here, is good. You are good. Good. Everything God has created is good. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What's the whole point of Christ-likeness? Is it so that we can go and have a party and enjoy being the highest of the high with the highest of the high? No, it's not. Just as Christ showed us and just as Christ gave us his example, our, the, the very point of becoming more like Christ is so that we would become the most amazing person that we can be so that we can help others up, so that we can serve others, so that we can be with others, so that we can create a world which, is, which brings life not only in this world but also for eternity. That is the point of Christ-likeness. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Folks, I'm going to ask the musos to come back up on stage. We're going to finish up in just a moment. But before I do, I want to give us opportunity to... to um, to respond to what I believe God has been saying this morning. Firstly, I'm going to give us opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't met him before, I want to give you an opportunity to come to know him this morning. And secondly, and, and I want to be pretty clear, it's not going to be terribly difficult in a moment. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and for you to just simply put up your hand. And that is going to be it. Uh, and then we're going to pray a prayer with that. The second thing is that if you have been touched this morning and you're saying, similarly to what I said, that you want to submit to God, I think that that's actually key in this here. If you are saying, yes, Jesus, I want to submit to you this morning, I want you to help me become more Christ-like, then I'm also going to give us opportunity to raise our hands and to respond in that. And we're going to pray together as well. So folks, would you please close your eyes? So like I said, the firstly, if you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to give you opportunity to know Christ. Is there anyone here who would like to accept Jesus Christ as their King, as their Saviour, as their Lord, as the one who is King of their life? See, Jesus wanted wants for you to become more Christ-like. He has great things in store for you. Awesome. Secondly, if there is anyone here who is saying, yes, Jesus, I want to submit to you, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. And just so that I can know, would you please raise your hand if you're going to pray this prayer with me? 
that you want to submit, that you want him to help you to become more Christ-like, would you please raise your hands? Awesome. Thank you. That's fantastic. Awesome. Would you pray this prayer with me? I'm going to pray. Would you just agree in your head? Jesus, we are so thankful this morning that you came to earth, that you, the highest of the high, gave us the example of becoming the lowest of the low. Jesus, you didn't ask us to do something you weren't willing to do yourself. Father, throughout this place, many of us have said, Jesus, we want to submit to you again. Lord, I've been in that place so many times where, yes, I've given my life to you, but I've stopped submitting to you. Well, again, Father, this morning we say to you, Jesus, I submit to you again. And Father, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on for the ride, whatever that's going to look like. I know that it's a roller coaster. Jesus, there are times when I'm going to be over the moon, a loving life because I've submitted to you and there are going to be times when you use some of the trials and the hardships to draw us to draw us closer to you. Father, we say to you this morning, or maybe I say it hesitantly, I don't know if you can agree with me, but I say hesitantly, Father, bring it on. I'm submitted we are submitted in this place to you. We want to become more like you. We want your goodness in our lives. Would you help us to become more Christ-like? Thank you, Jesus. Amen.